For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story. Hey guys, welcome, welcome to another episode. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, so again, we are talking about it's epilepsy month, so yes. it's awareness uh, for all, especially those families that are going through it um, with their child or family member. Um, we're thinking about you and this is our month of awareness, just like our son Aiden, something that we still hold dear and that we keep working through and um, looking forward for him to have that seizure-free day. But in the meantime, we, we're looking out for all those families and trying to keep them all in our prayers. Yeah, we want to say you're not alone. Yeah, definitely that. And uh, we're looking forward to as many programs as possible to help our families. Okay, so tonight, tonight's episode, we have a young lady coming out of California, an entrepreneur, single mom, a family of four, and uh, she launched her own company, Love 8 Corporation. She has multiple licenses in California, not state licenses, but licenses in different areas of the industry in California. Her name is May Burrell. She considers a millennial mom, right? Millennial mom, yes. Yeah. Uh, how are you holding that title down? I think I'm holding it down pretty nicely. Yeah, balance. I think so too. Balance. Yes, it's all about the balance. Definitely. So tell us. How did you get into the industry? What made you decide? I know you're coming from the city of Long Beach. Your mom, you have all these things going on. So like, at what point did you say, you know what, this is what I want to do? I think the turning point for saying that this is what I want to do was seeing where the industry was and how much what it is that we're doing was needed Mm. to be done legally and to be properly educated and... Once I saw that there was a gap, I was like, okay, I can do what I can do, my part to fill that gap. And so I began the legal journey. Before I truly began that legal journey, I was introduced to cannabis at a very young age. As you said, I was brought up in Long Beach. My mom was a single mother. She's an immigrant from the Philippines, and I'm a biracial woman my father is black and so imagine growing up in the projects with a filipino mother you being considered black not really fitting in on this side not really fitting in on that side so there was a lot of depression and anxiety and so as a teen instead of using opioids prescription pills and all these other things i was introduced to cannabis when you started, it was just more or less for you. It's just something to cope with. It just basically just made you just forget what you were dealing with emotionally and mentally. Right. It just, at that time, it was more of a, it was like a release. It just felt like all of the pressures, all of the anxiety, all of the stress, all of the suicidal thoughts, because I was a suicidal teen also, they just went away. Wow. And you did not, there was no worry about tomorrow. There was no worry about what other people say. Like all of that truly, like as you inhaled, you exhaled and it was gone. But at that time, you, we did not understand the plant on the level that we understand it now. Yes. So I had no idea that, oh, there's cannabinoids in this plant. Oh, our bodies have an endocannabinoid system. It was just, I'm using this plant to help this problem and it's working. But as I 
after I was introduced to it as a teenager, I got married and I had children at a, at a young age. So I put all of those things away. I focused on being a mom. And the more and more children I had, as you said, I have four, the more and more children I had, the more and more holistic I became. Because mm. like before I had children, I was eating fast food. I was eating things with preservatives. I was eating things that I shouldn't be eating. But then with each pregnancy, it was like, okay, how can I give my child the best foundation as possible, even from utero? I have to change my eating habits. I need to change what I put on my skin. I need to change how I think. And so once I began doing that, it led me back to plants. It led me back to eating organic. Then it led me to cannabis. And then understanding, wow, this plant is so beautiful. It's created beautifully. It does so many things that, that we didn't even know at that time. So the more and more research I did, the more and more I saw how people needed this medicine and they needed to receive it in many different areas, in many different ways, and as natural as possible. So my journey began. So that was your calling. I'm sorry, what'd you say? It was, that was your calling. At that moment, it was your calling. It truly was my calling. I, was funny, I, I did an Instagram video the other week. And in the video, I mentioned how I, I wasn't thinking about cannabis. That wasn't something that was on my mind. But it's God put me in this industry to deliver in a certain way to package it in a certain way and to bring it to people as natural as possible and once i saw that it was healing people of many different ailments of terminal diseases once i saw that people needed it in lieu of using all of these prescription meds once i saw that people who had ptsd were in need of this medication it just ignited a fire in me like, how can I help them? How can I get this to you? How can I help educate you? How can I remove the negative stigma surrounding this plant? What can I do? How can I do my part to help you to understand, to help you to see, to get it to you? And even if you can't afford it, how can I do my part to get it to you? Because it is medicine. What was your first step now that you found this calling? So now you're sitting there, okay, I want to do this. Where do I start? The first step honestly was, and I can remember it, my friend kept saying, you need to get a, a medical marijuana card. Mm. And I was like, get a medical marijuana card for what? And he was like, so that you can understand the process. Because at that point, it wasn't yet legal. And so I got the card, and I saw how you had to go see a doctor, and the doctor asked you, like, okay, what's going on with you? Do you feel pain? Do you have problems with insomnia? And then they prescribed you, like, a doctor's note, and it had a little seal. And I was like, this is the coolest thing. And then you went and you paid to get the actual card. And so once I got the card, it was like the seed was planted. And I began to, the first, let me see, after I got the card, I started visiting different dispensaries around LA. And I saw how a lot of them looked very shady. They didn't look like a place that you would want to send grandma for her arthritis medication or anything like that. And I was like, okay, we do need to fix that. And I got invited to an event that Montel Williams was hosting. It was called Women Above Ground back in 2017, I believe, in the beginning of 2017. And once I went to that event, it opened my eyes. It completely opened my eyes to a whole different world, to seeing cannabis in different forms, to seeing different people, being ambassadors for it, and like their testimonies as to why it is that they use it. And I was like, okay, God, like, I see how I can fit in. I see how I can use the things that I've gone through 
I can use the, the tricks that I've learned. I can use like the recipes that I've been working with for so long to help bring people the cannabis plant. And at that event, I met a grower and he helped educate me on so many things and so many plants. And he was like, we have so many different varietals and growing up, all people knew were like dime bags and stress and chronic. And that's all they knew. But he was like, no, like the plant has so many different variations. There's a male plant, there's a female plant and they do this and this is how they're grown. And you have to take care of them. And he called them his babies. Oh, mm-hmm. That guy's passionate. Very passionate. He's like, it's all about the soil and you have to grow it like this and you can't put too much stress on it because then the leaves turn yellow. Like I was like, this is intense. The <laughs> yeah, world right? needs to see this. They have to see this. They have to see it. So May, tell us about your business. My CBD business is called Elevate. And it's funny that um, Osiris, you said it like that because I've had uh, many conversations with people to see, okay, how it reads versus how it's said. How can I get people to pronounce it properly, uh-huh. but to understand the word on a higher level? Because truly it was to elevate. We're elevating cannabis. We're elevating mm-hmm. people's awareness. We're elevating your, your health. Apologize. So, no worries. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Yeah, I just noticed what you're saying. Elevate. Oh, elevate. It just didn't dawn on me. I read it as I saw it, as opposed to looking at what the meaning was. Okay, my apologies. No problem. No problem. So I came up with the name because you wanted to elevate, I'm assuming, people's consciousness or understanding of the plant. The first company that I created was the THC side, and that was high-end society. Mm-hmm. And in that, like, the thought behind it was we're taking things higher we're taking cannabis higher mm-hmm. and then with elevate it was, like, it was like okay we're elevating we're truly taking things to a whole nother dimension yeah. with this cannabis plant and so honestly god gave me the name and it was like l-a-v-8 and how do you say it elevate l-a-v-8 and i was like oh that's super dope i love that god okay wow nice so what was your first step? You had to get a license. So what? how many licenses? How many times did you apply for the license? If there wasn't many times, what was the process of getting your license and then starting your business? Or you started your business and then went after a license? Because some people are doing that, especially out in California. Well, with high-end society, that's the THC side. That was the first one that I created. I began that with making edibles. Okay. So at that time, there were any licenses. There were not any licenses. And I had a, a friend that's a chef, and he would come over and we would work on different recipes. And one of the first recipes that I was working on were sweet potato pies. Mm. And I used to make sweet potato pies for the kids all the time. Like, I would have four or five pies laid out in the kitchen. And by the time you wake up, it'll be like two of them are missing. The third one has, like, like hand marks in it. And everyone talked about May sweet potato pies. I was like, it would be beautiful to be able to give people their edibles through the sweet potato pie. So that's one of the first items that I created with High End Society. And so as I began creating the edibles, that's when the licensing process like began to emerge. And they started writing regulation and they were looking to open up the licensing process. And before the licenses actually came out, I had products in a a few dispensaries within L.A., And so one day, it actually was Christmas Day, my kids were asleep in the bed, and literally, I kid you not, God would get up. 
and get on the computer and get on the Bureau of Cannabis Control website. And I looked, and I can remember this day so clear. I looked at my children, they're all laying in the bed, and I was just on the computer, just scrolling. And come to find out that day, they opened up licenses. They opened up the website, but most people didn't know that it was open yet. It was like I got in before everyone else got in. Wow. Wow, luck right there. Wow, someone's watching over you. That's God. I told you, God woke me up. That is God. Uh, and yeah. as I was going through the website, I knew that I wanted a cultivation license because I wanted to be able to handle the plant from seed to sell. I wanted to let the consumer know that we watch this plant, how it's grown, how it's manufactured, how it's distributed all the way through. So please rest assured that exactly what we say is contained in this is exactly what's in it, that it's 100% organic that it's sustainable, that it's 100% natural, and that we care about what you put on your body, what you put in your body. And so we show that in the product. So I didn't want to use a different cultivator. I wanted to be able to cultivate ourselves. I wanted to be able to manufacture ourselves, and I wanted to be able to distribute ourselves. So I got on the website, and I applied for those three. And when I was done applying for those three licenses, I was about to get off the computer, and God would scroll down. And I scroll down to the bottom of the website, and at the bottom, it mentions something about events. They had not yet even put up a button on the website for cannabis events, for the mm-hmm. cannabis event license. And so I clicked that button. I was like, what is this? I clicked that. I did a few more clicks. And the next thing you know, I was filling out an application for a cannabis event organizer. And so I filled it out. At that time, you had to print out the PDF fill it out and then email it back to them. And I was like, okay, guys, well, I'll fill it out and send it off. Your will. If that's what I'm supposed to get, then that's what I'm going to get. Two days later, I got an email from them. And it said, congratulations, here's your cannabis event organizer license. And I just stared at my email. Like, are you, you just gave me a license? And it just blew my mind. And it was like license number two or something. It was like a very low number license. Wow. So like you really got in. And so come to find out, I was the first person to go through their system for that license. And when I had to do my live scan and go to the notary for it, it was so new that I had to get on the phone with the Bureau of Cannabis Control while I was there because there was no buttons for the live scan people to click to say this is what she's applying for. Mm -hmm. And fast forward 10 months later, the Bureau of Cannabis Control released an email to say that, yes, I was the first person in history to receive that email, to receive that license. So that's how I knew it definitely was God. Congrats. Absolutely. Definitely. So at that point, you have, what, two licenses? Because I know you said you applied for the cultivating license and the Canna event license. When I got the, when I received the email from the, the notification that they sent out, I believe at that time, the three licenses in Los Angeles were still pending. They had not yet been approved because with the cannabis event organizer license, that's through the state. So the state approved it. But with the three of the cultivation, manufacturing and distribution, it was still pending with the city of Los Angeles. They were very behind. (laughs) I can imagine. So eventually, fast forward, you ended up getting all four because it sounded like there's four altogether. So you're carrying four licenses to be a, a complete vertical one woman show. Oh my God. Congrats. That's, that must be rare in California. It is pretty rare. Not many people truly went out to acquire the licensing. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of people who still wanted to do black market 
Uh. And I was trying, honestly, trying to do my best to get them to understand the blessing that you have in receiving these licenses. Like, I understand why people want to do black market. But if you look at the bigger picture, why would you not want to be able to do what you do so well legally to be able to get to even more people? Yeah, and also you don't want to be you keep looking over your shoulder. Okay, is this the day to get me, or I, I gotta be sneaky right. about this? And it's after a while, I guess it's mentally exhausting. Yeah, it, it's funny because I definitely didn't want that for me. That was definitely not my portion. But yeah. when I we had to pay, it was like a forty six thousand dollar licensing fee to the city of L.A. That's a whole nother, That's a whole other story. Trust me, they've made a lot of money. That, that was just one license. The forty six thousand dollars was just for okay. one license. And that was for the manufacturer? Was that for manufacturing or distribution or the cultivation? That was for all three combined. Oh, all three combined is 46000 And they wanted it when? As soon as possible. So what'd you end up doing? I had to, honestly, I had two weeks and I had to find an investor within two weeks because the city told us that they would give us um, funding, that they would give us grants, that they would waive our licensing fees. And two weeks before the deadline came, they said, we don't have that. If you don't pay your licensing fees, then your applications are forfeited. And by that time, I already had a lot of skin in the game. I had the building. I've been paying for like almost a year for a facility that you can't use. I already had the contractors there moving things and taking down walls and bringing everything um, into compliance. And like I started panicking. And so I had to find an investor. And I found a man, and within those two weeks, he agreed to pay the fees. And so on that day, like, we had to set an appointment with the city of finance, the office of finance for the city of Los Angeles. And mind you, we're walking in there paying cash, okay? It's like something out of a movie. Like, it's like this drug deal where we're walking (laughs) in $47,000, and we're, like, looking over our shoulders. Okay, I hope no one knows that we're carrying this type of cash, and you're walking into the city, as a cannabis company, it was like surreal. And they both were sweating. And I was sitting there, God, I need you to keep me in here because this is intense. Yeah. And there's police standing everywhere. And so finally they called my name and they brought us to an unmarked room. They brought us up these stairs. First you walk back out of like city hall, you go up these stairs and we're escorted with two police officers. And they bring us to this unmarked room and we walk into the room and they have a money counter in this room. And there's another police in there and they close the door behind us. And I'm just smiling. This is, this is intense. Like who knew that this is what it would, it would be like to be in the cannabis industry. And so we handed them the money and they put it through the money counter and then they gave us the receipt. And as they handed us the receipt and I said, it's nice doing business with you. We are now business partners. And they laughed. And I said, you're laughing, but I am dead serious. And they all laughed even harder. But that's how I looked at it as is I'm not looking over my shoulder anymore. Now that we have this money exchange, now that you know exactly what it is that we're doing, you work for us. You truly work for us. Here's your money. You're going to take all of this money in taxes. You're going to take all of this money in licensing fees. Now I'm not fearing you anymore you are our partners we can call you whenever we need you Mm -hmm. whenever we have questions you are there and that's it so now that you got the money now 
the people who loaned it to you, pretty much it was a loan. It wasn't a gift. Now they're working with you. They were basically came on board. They got a certain percentage. Because I know as you start to develop your business, when you get funding, people are going to want a piece of the action. They want to fit in where they can get in. How did you work that out? How did you negotiate? Because I'm assuming, did you have a team with you? Did you have a COO? Did you have a chief financial officer on your team? Did you have a like a board all set up? I did not. Wow. So you, you went in alone, guns blazing. Well, you had God on your back, so I guess you were good. I did have God on my side. So I, I had some attorneys to help guide me, mm-hmm. and we worked out the percentage. Okay. I showed them the facility. I said, this is what it is. I want this whole place built out. It was a 17,000-square-foot facility. And I told them how I wanted it built out, exactly what it is that we're going to have, cultivation, manufacturing, distribution. And at the front of the facility was a dispensary. So it was like a brick-and-mortar store. So I knew eventually that I wanted to have a dispensary in the front. And so when we first negotiated, which should have been the last, I gave him a percentage that was in compliance with the city of L.A. So at that time... I'm sorry. You say? I'm sorry. What have that been? I'm sorry. Didn't interrupt you. You said what would it have been? Yeah, the number wise. The number wise is 19%. Okay. You couldn't, the city of LA, you couldn't go over 19% without changing any of your documents. So you could have an investor come in. You don't have to change any licensing. You don't have to do anything with the city and you can still bring in that investor. Okay. Great. Okay. 19%. Not bad. You still have the majority, so you still have control over it. So that's a good thing. So I was happy with that. I said, okay, with that, I'll be able to get the full facility built out. Within a couple months, we'll be fine. We'll be good to go. But things made a left turn, and the investor wanted more percentage. Yeah. And more. Want more percentage and want more control, want input, and how the money was going to be spent and how it was going to go, where it was going to go. Now, did they create an exit plan? Because everyone talks about this exit plan, this exit strategy. Did they want you to have an exit strategy where this is one of the things I've heard, especially out in New York, where after a certain period of time, maybe two, three years after the company starts to grow, then you would have to sell it to them. Like they would have the first right of refusal to purchase the company. I've heard that many times. And I do know a lot of people and a lot of different um, investors who work deals like that. Yeah. But that's not the type of deal that I was going for. In my mind, I had it set that I was never selling, Mm -hmm. that there was no way that I was going to sell off the company. So if you wanted to exit, you can create an exit plan for yourself. But (laughs) I wasn't exiting. So when they came to you with that, like, it was something out of left field. Like, they just said, hey, look, this is what we want. This is where we want to go. You're like. Okay. So they felt like they had you because they're giving you funding. So- and as like most people feel, he who holds the money holds the power yeah. and holds the control. So they were waving it over and- your head. Were they waving it over your head in a way like a carrot? Like you got to do what we want because we are funding you. Right. And, or else we're not going to give you any more money. We're not going to fund anything. We're not going to do anything. Wow. Did you eventually have to meet, a, meet the person in the middle? Honestly, eventually it turned into restraining orders. It turned into legal lawsuits. Oh, wow. And yeah, it took a complete left turn. It took a complete left turn because I wasn't about to get bullied. Like, we signed this contract. Really? And this is what we agreed to. 
And now just because you see that there's more percentage to be had doesn't guarantee you or entitle you to any more than that. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And so they were aware. So they were riding on the fact that you had these multi licenses that gave you that made you vertical. So you were that much more valuable because not many companies had that or not many individuals in California had it. But you were one of the few. And so for them, it was like cha-ching. Cha-ching. And then you have this young black woman mm-hmm. who has no legal counsel, who truly doesn't. Like, they looked at me like I had no idea what I was doing, what it was that mm-hmm. I had no money. And so we can easily railroad her. I was going to ask you that. Being a woman of color and this industry that is mainly white male dominant, how did you navigate through that? Did you? What's your experience like with that? Honestly, we take up like 2% of yeah. the And I truly kept to myself. Like I went to city hall meetings as I had to. On different meetings that I went to, I understood that I was probably the only black person in the room. And the majority of the time I was. But yet, because of the licenses that I had and the value that was behind me, it caused them to listen to what it was that I had to say. Oh, that's amazing. And did that give you confidence? Because I mean, as Osiris said, I had God on my side. Absolutely. It was like, okay, even though I'm alone, I'm not alone. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. You have an amazing story. Now that you have gone through that, I'm assuming that it went through the process, the court process. You guys came away. Were you satisfied with what you came away with? It's like you still have your licenses intact, correct? Yeah, the licenses are still there. I still have a part of those licenses. Um, Mm. The seed in Los Angeles is planted. Mm. Those people are now my friends. The one thing, yeah, the one thing, and it's funny because if I had not, if I had not truly listened, I say this because in the word it says that if your ways are pleasing to God, that even your enemies will be at peace with you. Wow. And then it says somebody in law, they want to sue you, let them sue you. Matter of fact, give them your cloak too. Or you want this? Matter of fact, you can have that. And then you can have this too. And that just continued to replay in the back of my mind. Continued to replay. Because for me, I'm a fighter. What do you mean you're trying to take what is that? I worked so hard to build this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take, we can take this all over to the Supreme Court if you want to. But then God kept saying, are you not reading my word? What does my word say? What did, what am I telling you to do? And I'm like, Father, what do you mean? We could go toe for toe. And, he's, and so finally I had to humble myself all the way down because you truly had me going to court like David versus Goliath. I had no counsel. I was pro se. The judge's name was Judge Stern, literally Judge Stern. And I'm standing across the table and the attorney is a mayor of an entire city. So understand the, the magnitude of what it was and, and how somebody wanted what you wanted that, what, what you have that bad, that they sent a monster after you, that they sent Goliath after you to take what it is that you have. So I got very sick, I almost died from this whole little process. I got very sick. I started having seizures. Like I would be standing, talking to people. Oh my the next God. thing you know, I would just pass out. It was oh. the pressure was just too much. It was just too, I, I couldn't understand how people can see that you're in this situation. After that, I became homeless. I got very sick and I was homeless and they knew these things and you still were after me. They, it broke my heart. They wanted to take advantage oh of that situation. God. Wow. It broke my heart. 
And so finally I said, you know what, God, I surrender. I'm going to court. I'm standing there. Even the judge was like, do you even know like what it is that you're like you're doing? I'm like, your honor, no, I, I don't. I'm Googling things. I have people who are helping me to put together this paperwork. And so he showed me mercy. But before I would go to court, I promised you I would pray and I would sing. And I would say, God, you know what? This is You're sending me in here into this battle, but yet I know that the battle is not mine. And so whatever the outcome is, you're, like your will, because I knew that though I have these licenses in L.A., this was just the beginning. This wasn't the all in all. I want to have licenses in every single state. I want to have licenses in every single country. So if I have to sacrifice one, then so be it. And so we ended up coming to an agreement. We sat outside out of court and we um, came to a settlement and they were happy and I was happy. And by the time we were done, the person who was once my enemy became my friend. And at the end, he told me, he said, may I'm going to I'm going to enjoy or be happy cutting you checks. I said, all right, God, you be happy cutting checks. Thank you. And I moved on. And that's how Elevate was created. Out of those ashes of that, then came Elevate. Because I had to take things higher. I had to understand it's bigger than just Los Angeles. It's bigger than just California. And so CBD was the bridge to be able to get to all of these different countries and to get to all of these states and yet still give people this medicine. That is amazing. So I'm sitting here, I'm like... I get chills from this. Wow. It's a miniseries or a movie. It really (laughs) is. Like straight legit, like... For you to overcome that, some people would have given up just to get off the streets. But for you to go through that and still come out and say, I'm still standing, I'm not giving up, and to have to go through all that physically. So I'm looking at the your bio. So you were considered a top 40 under 40 in Mar- uh, what is it, Marijuana Venture Magazine. You earned that. <laughs> I don't think anybody has this story. That's funny. No, no. And that came out before. That was like that came out before his time. That was back in 2017. At that time, I had not yet even attained these licenses or had that story or gone through what it is that I've gone through. So I guess they they had you pegged right then. They were like, keep an eye on her. So so now, fast (laughs) forward, you have your company, you have your brand. How is everything going? Everything's actually going really well. As I said, Elevate focuses more on the CBD side. Mm -hmm. And just the full like medicinal value of the plant through the journey. As I said, when I was 16, I was smoking, but then I stopped smoking and I grew to respect the plant just that much more. And I found different organic farmers, some that are in Oregon, and I began sourcing products from them, sourcing the oils and making products with it, body balms and body oils and room sprays and candles and things of that sort as natural as possible. So natural that even my children use like the uh, essential oil roller or the body balm. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Your kids have a superhero in the house. Seriously. They don't even know it. Example. Like, wow. (laughs) I would be telling your story for bedtime. Seriously. From this book. Yeah. Like a superhero. A superhero. Yeah, exactly. And you're on the cover. Because you got to think about it, something like that, you will help inspire your own children because they're going to face challenges. They're going to, it's, that's the natural thing of life. You face challenges. But to be with someone who had faced it, overcame it, and came out better on the other side, you're what my, a friend of mine had told me once. You're a living example. Exactly. And you're an example of someone who has faith 
and someone who has believed, and it's just it's amazing. Hell yeah, because you're right. It could have went south. I mean, just based on your health declining, and then being out on the street. I mean, like after a while, you bottom is bottom. There's nothing left. But the fact that you came out on the other side, it's it definitely is the phoenix. I promise you, I cannot attest to anything else beside God. He literally walked me out. He literally gave me the breath in my lungs. I can remember having seizures, and all I kept saying was, Jesus, Jesus, please, Jesus, please, Jesus, like calling on him and understanding that you only have breath in your lungs because of me. You're only going through this core battle and winning and going up against Goliath because of me. It's not because of you and your strength. It's not because of you and your wisdom. It's not because of any that any of that, because if it was left up to me, I would have died a long time ago. I would have given up a long time ago. I would have. I would have said, "I'm done. I'm tapping out. This is ridiculous." So it was almost like yet, he chose you. It is your purpose. Yeah. What is your purpose? So it was almost like you were chosen on purpose. Intentionally, you were chosen for this path because you wanted to say, "How bad do you want it? I'm going to put you through this, but I'm mm-hmm. also going to be there as you go through it because I know you are the one for this mission." And here you are. I, I know you better preach. Put you through the fire. You come out looking. I I told my friend. I said God put me through the fire to take me from twenty four care goal to thirty k. You put me through the fire. You remove all of these things to have you come out shining. Remove all impurities. You had to remove all your baggage. You can't have any pride. You can't have any ego. You have to remove all the things that you thought you knew, because where it is that I'm going to take you, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. Understand that. It's like, what are you willing to sacrifice for that? Amen. Amen. My question to you, so what is your next journey? Like, what is it that you see yourself doing next? Honestly, I, I see the brand becoming a household name. Mm. And I see the brand being in many people's hands. And I see it healing people of so many different things. And that's truly, that's my heart's desire is to be able to take what people are using now. Okay, you're taking 200 pills now. How about you take this tincture instead? Let's swap. I'll take the pills. You take this tincture and let me know in a week how you feel. Oh, you're rubbing your body down with all of these chemicals that cause cancer. How about you take this body bomb? I'll swap you out. And then let me know how your legs feel after a week. I want that to be in every single country. I truly want it to be in every single person's hand. Because it breaks my heart when people are on all of this medication and you're stuck to this chain for the rest of your life. And then the side effects list is longer than the thing that it helps. And then it's just a continuation of your body putting in chemicals that it was never intended to take. So if I can give you something that helps to remedy that's 100% made from this earth, made by the creator, okay, okay, here, all day long. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. Thank Thank you. you. What advice do you have for a young woman of color who are looking to get into the industry? I would tell them to do their research. Do your research because knowledge truly is power. Because no one will be able to come up to you and tell you anything and whisper lies in your ear because for fact, what is what? Mm-hmm. Don't go through a third party and get little scraps of information here. Get little scraps of information there. That's one thing with me is I have to know what it says. What does the rules say? What does the fine print say? Matter of fact, are there any loopholes in this? Because I need to know this better than you know it. So that when I walk in here to talk to you about it, more than likely I'm going to educate you on your own thing. 
100% agree. So take your time, do your research, know exactly what you're getting into. Yeah, and don't rush into it with anyone. Don't rush into it. Perfect. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been an amazing conversation. Now, if people wanted to get in contact with you, purchase your products, how would they do so? They can visit the website. That's www.lav8, the number 8, cbd.com. They could email me at Burrell, B-E-R-E-A-L, at Elevate, L-A-V-8Cannabis.com. I'm also on Instagram, so if people want to reach out via DM, that's fine. It's just my name, May Burrell, M-A-E-B-E-R-E-A-L. And I think that okay. those are the quickest ways. Thank you, May Burrell. I have to apologize because I mispronounced it earlier. <laughs> you got two apologies today. You killing me. <laughs> you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't even check me at any time. Hey, hey, buddy. No, it's May Burrell. Not <laughs> Burrell. I'm not a rapper. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, you didn't even correct me, but I appreciate it. Thank you for saving me <laughs> from myself. <laughs> but we really enjoyed talking to you. I'm looking forward to your product your products. I'm definitely checking your website, see what you have. And I wish you all the success in life. You have some pretty big shoes uh that I don't think many could fill. Just listening to your journey and what you've overcome and the fact that you're still standing, you're still moving forward, it's completely amazing. And it's worth the fact that there's other young ladies out there who are looking to get in and they hear your story and they're like, I can do this then. I can do this. And you are that inspiration. Thank you again for everything you do and what you continue to do and wanting to help those who are less fortunate. We really appreciate you. And Enough love from New York to out west to you. Thank you. Thank you guys all very much. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Again, wish you all the best, and we'll definitely stay in touch, and we'll have another show. We'll definitely invite you on and see how uh, 2021 is working out for you. Okay. Take care. Thank you, too. Good night. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.